Thank you, fellas. That was very well done, wasn't it? Amen? Let's open up to Genesis chapter 12. Easy to find a book of Genesis, isn't it? Don't you love when we preach out of Genesis or Revelation? Boy, that makes it nice, doesn't it? We're talking here about a man we know as Abraham. Of course, here, his name wasn't that. It was Abram. Abram. The name Abram means exalted father. The odd thing is that he wasn't a father. He was 75 years old at this point, and he still wasn't a father. He didn't have any children. God doesn't make mistakes. He knows what he's doing. And in God's perfect timing, he really did turn this man into a father. So Abram got his name changed to Abraham. You'll read that later if you want. In Genesis 17:5, God changed his name. Abraham, no, Abram means exalted father, but Abraham means a father of many nations. Now that falls right in line with the promise that God gave here. But interestingly, if you look at the name Abram, A-B-R-A-M, Abram, A-B-R-A-M, Abram, what God did was he moved the M down, made some space, and he put a H-A in there. He put a ha. He turned Abram into Abraham. This is deep theology for some. I realize this, but the ha, you know, it's like the joy being blessed, the joy of life. And when a man becomes a father, there's a great ha in there. He adds a ha to his name in a good sense. Now, uh, I'm just, uh, just teasing there a little bit about that that huh business, but uh, truly God did turn Abram into a father, and there was great joy. In fact, so much. Do you know what they called his son, his first son by his wife, Sarah? What, what do they call him? Isaac, which means laughter. laughter, right? There was great joy in that family when Isaac was born, and with great joy they named him Laughter. What a cool name, laughter. So anyhow, that, you know, in my two cent theology, that's why I figured God put the ha in Abraham. <laughs> well, you don't have to believe that. That doesn't matter. But what you have in front of you here is God's real honest to goodness promise to this man. You see, God called Abraham and through him, God built the nation Israel. Through the nation Israel... We got Jesus. And through Jesus, we get eternal salvation to whosoever will repent of their sin and exercise faith on him to be saved. And so we're going to go through these couple of verses very briefly. Um, but there's an application here for every father here today. There's application for everyone, but we're dealing specifically with the dads because it's dad's day today. Father's Day, and get this, Dad, God honestly really does want to bless your life. I know that there's many dads who after a number of years, they doubt that. Some even deny it, but the truth is that God honestly really does absolutely want to bring many blessings into every father's life. 
Now the Bible teaches that dad is the head of the family and he's responsible to protect it and provide for it and love it. And he's to do this in subjection to God. God has to be first in the home. Now if dad fails to do all this, his family will suffer and God will hold him responsible for it. But God actually wants to pour blessings into the life of the Father if they will learn how to get blessed. And so that's what we're going to do today. Today we're going to see how God can bless a dad. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we approach this subject with carefulness and with humility and we subject ourselves to you once again. We humbly bow and ask that you would please uh, make your truth known to our hearts today. Thank you for the Bible, all of the Bible, every portion, every word of the Bible. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God. And we believe we have an every word Bible here in our hands today. Our dear Father, please bless the dads, but bless each and every one. Help us together to learn how it is that you will bless dads. Give us the heart and the mind for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's true that God's blessings come in many various shapes and sizes. And this would include the blessings of health. And by the way, health is one of those things that we just take for granted until we begin to lose it. Isn't that right? And then we start saying, oh boy, I wish I hadn't have been so hard on my body. I wish I had taken better care of myself. Or if you happen to suffer an accident and lose a part of your body, then you look around at those that still have that, those body parts and, and you say how blessed you are. And it's true, isn't it? Very true. So God's blessings come in various shapes and sizes and it includes health, it includes family love, it includes career. It includes finances. Sometimes that's all we think of is finance. God bless me. And what we're saying is, help me to win the lotto. And that's not really God's way, folks. You get the lotto and your troubles are just beginning. It'll take your dependency off of God. Oh, the money will never change me. You say, oh, yes, it will. Well, I'd like to see. I'd like to try and see if it happens. No, you wouldn't. Because you become the target for every thief and crook and cunning con artist and murderer even. And some people have been murdered by their own family members because of the wealth they've suddenly come into. You don't want to win a big lotto. You don't want that for yourself or your family. Most families are destroyed when they all of a sudden come into this extreme wealth. Statistics, world's statistics prove that out. But other types of blessings that God will give and wants to give is fatherly wisdom. Boy, Dad, don't you wish you had a little more of that? Fatherly wisdom. It's all right to say amen. Spiritual wisdom. How about power in prayer? To be able to get on your knees and pray and know that God is hearing and know there will be a happy outcome to your prayer. This is just a few of God's various blessings. God's blessings are meant to make a man's life full and meaningful and satisfying. We call it the ha in Abraham. I'm not saying that right. The ha in Abraham. Maybe that sounds better. Well, take a look please at verse 2. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 
2. This is a promise God made to a man who was about to become a dad in a few more years. He said, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, there's an important part in there. Dads, I want you to see this. I'm going to go over it again. I want you to see it. Not only did Abraham receive a bunch of blessing, but watch what he did with it. I'll make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. Watch, and thou shalt be a blessing. Not only was Abraham blessed, but he was a conduit, a channel, a pipeline, if you will, of God's blessing. He let it flow through him. Many dads don't realize that. That the reason that God is heaping the blessings on them is so that they can pass it on. That's what God has in mind. Some of, some of us dads, we think, oh look, God's blessed me with this and blessed me with that and he's given me one of these and one of those and my, what a full, happy, satisfying, blessed man I am. That's the beginning of it. The reason we've been blessed is so that we can bless others. That's the job, one of the jobs of a dad. A dad is not supposed to be a sponge of God's blessings. He's not supposed to keep them all. He is supposed to be a channel of God's blessings, a conduit, like a long pipe, if you will, and pass them on. Now, if you look at verse 3, it goes on. God says to Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And so we have here God, the source and the giver of the blessings. Can you all see that? It's God who, who originates with the blessing. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father of lights. If you got anything good in your life, it's because God has given it to you. And so we've got God, the source and the giver of the blessing. And in this case here, we've got Dad, the recipient and the channel of the blessings. You see it again? In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Dad, can you say that about you? You might say, Pastor, that's impossible. I can't bless all the families of the earth. I can barely bless my own. Dad, listen to me. By supporting faith promise missions, you can be part of blessing all the families of the earth. By supporting faith promise missions, Dad, you can affect families in various parts and countries of the world, places maybe you've never heard of. And get the gospel because you're supporting a missionary. Truly, you really can be a channel so that all of the families of the earth can be blessed. Listen, up here on the wall it says, Faith Promise Missions brings God's blessings. Get involved today. Whether you're a dad or you're not a dad, whether you're male or female, younger or older, it doesn't matter. Get involved. Let God use you. You go into business partnership with God and see what God will do through you. Do it with God though. Very important. Now, we've said that there's God the source and the giver of the blessings. And we've got dad, in this case dad, because it's Father's Day. Dad the recipient and the channel of the blessings. Okay. But there's one other piece of equipment to make this a proper machine. And every... Every... Uh, Every machine needs this. It's called a valve. A valve. You've got God as the source. And you've got dad as the recipient and the conduit. 
But in between, you have a valve. There's a valve on every single one of these machines, and that valve is simply salvation through Jesus Christ. That valve is there, whether it's open or whether it's closed. Before a man can become spiritually born again into God's family, he does that by repenting of his sins and exercising faith in Jesus alone for salvation. It's not done by lighting candles. It's not done by baptism or anything else. It's a personal one-on-one relationship between you as an individual human being and Almighty God as your Creator where you repent of your sins and you trust in Jesus. His shed blood, His death, burial, and resurrection. You trust in His finished work to take you to heaven. That equals salvation. Now, That valve is on every machine. God and Dad, we're calling it a machine. And the valve is absolutely closed or it's open the tiniest bit or it's open fully. Now because God is good, He's a wonderful God, a loving God. He sends the the good sun and the good rain on the the good farmers and the evil farmers. Why does God give it to the evil farmers? Because of who God is. God is good. He is a good God. If God did not bless unsaved people in some way, there'd be not much life left on earth. I'm sure of it that there are many unsaved that are yet to come to Christ and be saved. I'm sure of that. Now, because God is good, He will often give the tiniest amount of His grace and blessing to all unsaved men. But listen, specifically to the dads, listen. God gives more, so much more to His born-again sons. I may be kind to the next-door neighbor's kid, but I'm generous to my own. Does that make sense? It ought to. And God's the same way. He is a father and he has a family. You know the devil's also a father and the devil also has a family? Did you know that? There was a time, almost 19 years of my life, I was in the wrong family. The devil was my father and the lusts of the devil were in me, his son. On April the 6th, 1975, I finally got serious and right with God. And I said, okay, I'm a sinner. I deserve to be cut off from heaven and go to hell. I deserve it. But I sure don't want to go to hell. Lord Jesus, would you forgive me my sins? All of my sins come into my heart and be my Savior. It was about high noon. It was a Sunday, April the 6th, 1975. I went forward on an invitation and Jesus met me. And came in my heart. And that's when I was saved. I was born again. I changed families that day. I went from being part of the devil's family. To being part of God's family. That's over 44 years now. And I've never regretted one day of it. I'm looking forward to the happy day. I get to be with my heavenly father. And I can testify. That God gives plenty of grace and blessings to his children. So if you're here today. Whether you're a dad or not. If you're here today and you're not yet part of God's spiritual family, then all you're getting is a drop or two of God's blessings. Whereas you could have so much more if you come to Christ for salvation.
Now, I'm not suggesting that ought to be your motive for getting saved. Your motive for getting saved ought to be because your life is, is not bringing honor and glory to God. You're separated from Him. You need to make that right. That should be your motive. Now, for those dads that are saved, you have already tasted the greatness and goodness of Almighty God. But there is so much more that God wants to do for the dads. And the devil's very good at his job. You know this. The devil comes to us as fathers and he says, this is as good as it gets, boy. In fact, it's not going to get any better. It's probably going to get worse. And we go through some tough times or something and we say, ah, the devil's probably right. It's not going to get better. I'll have you know the devil's wrong. The devil's a liar. He is the author, the father of lies. Whenever he tells you something, it's a lie. Okay? Jesus tells us the truth. And if you're here and you're born again, Dad, you've got a whole book of truth and the Holy Spirit is inside you and He is, he is wanting to lead you and guide you into the truth. And the truth is this, that the Heavenly Father wants to do so much more in the life of every dad here today. Just the devil doesn't want you to know it. God wants to bless you in so many wonderful ways. And the devil says, no, no, don't listen to that. In fact, tune him out. I tell you what, start thinking about what you're going to do later. You're going to go for lunch, aren't you? Think about the potatoes and the rice. Don't think about this sermon. Because the devil doesn't want you to know that God really, really does want to bless you. Now, you might be wondering, okay, well, how does God bless me? How can I get the blessing? All right. The machine, God, the source and the giver of the blessing... In, in today's case, dad is the recipient and the conduit, okay? And the valve is Jesus Christ, salvation in Christ. All right, we're saved. We got that looked after. Why aren't the blessings flowing more? You ready for this? It's because the pipe is corroded. The pipe is filled with gunk. The pipe needs cleansing. The conduit, the pipe, needs to be cleaned. And God does that. He's got a very special way of cleaning the pipe so that he can send more blessings down the pipe. Have you ever cleaned any kind of pipe? Yes? No? Usually you use a scrub brush or some harsh chemical or some heavy water pressure or get in there what we call elbow grease with a rag and clean it out. God's something the same. To learn how he does this, I want to ask you to go now to the New Testament book of James. The New Testament book of James. So that's before Revelation. It's after Hebrews. I'm going to tell you right up front. God cleans the channel by using trials and suffering. Right away. Some dad is going to say, that's not for me. Not interested. I've had enough problems in my life. I don't need more problems. Dad, if you tune this out, you are never going to learn how God can really pour the blessings in your life. Be a man. And listen to the message today. James chapter 1. And I'd like you to look please at verse 12. 
Now keep your seats, but I want you to read it out loud with me. I'm going to need your help here. We need every voice in unison reading verse 12, James chapter 1, verse 12. Let's read it together. Here we go. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Now, right off the bat, I want you to know, this has nothing to do with getting saved. This is the man who's already saved. You say, Pastor, it says here, crown of life. And I heard from a preacher on the radio that this means getting saved. Folks, I'll have you know, this is nothing to do with getting saved. This is a reward that God gives to the saved. You do not work for your salvation, beloved. You receive salvation as a gift. Now that you're saved, you can serve him. You can work for him. Many of the Christian cults, including the J-dubs, they go knocking on doors and you'll see them standing on street corners with their literature. They're doing it to earn brownie points with God. That's why they're doing it. Many of them just rack up their hours. They've got to turn in a card to their elder, their superior, that says how many hours they did. Many of them put in uh, 10, 20 hours a week in doing this sort of thing. And it's expected of them. And so they fill it in. I was on the street corner for three hours this day and two hours that day. And I went out door knocking two hours this day and one hour that day. And it has to add up. They're required. They're expected to put in a number of hours. Why is it that we go knocking on doors? It's not to earn brownie points with God. It's to share the good news that people can get saved as a free gift. Not of works, lest any man should boast. This verse has to deal with rewards from God. Now, look at the first word in verse 12. It's the word blessed or blessed. Blessed. Now, etymologically, there's a fancy word. Etymologically, that means the mechanics of a word, how we got the word. Uh, to bless. The idea is to cover with sacrificial blood. Bleedsian was the old English word that eventually came to bless or bless it. And the idea is to cover with sacrificial blood. And the purpose of that is for divine favor. Divine favor. Once you have divine favor, you have the arms of God opening wide. You've got his storehouse and riches opening to you. You see, uh, as, a, as a dad, you have great uh, love for your child. Maybe it's your son or your daughter. And maybe there's some other boys and girls in your neighborhood that you, you know them. Maybe you wave at them, you smile at them. If they were thirsty, you'd give them something to drink. But it doesn't go too much further than that. But your own, your flesh and blood, your son or your daughter, wow, they come to you and ask you for something special. You might hum and ha, but you know that you'll often give in. And kids seem to know it. Just, they, they, they're the greatest little salesman. Dad, could I have $10? No, you can't have $10. Aw, Dad! That's the first uh, phase of the sales job. But what ends up happening is Dad says, all right, here you go. And even though there's a bit of a game there, Dad still like to be able to give and provide. It's in the nature of a dad to do that. And kids seem to know that too. Well, when it comes to our Heavenly Father, He really does want to bless His children. And so we've got this verse here, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. 
Uh, we, could, we could say there's a happiness here. We could say there's a success here. We could say there's a prosperousness here. Blessed is the man that endureth. The word endure means to harden yourself against something. If you were going to go outside to, to uh, get something, maybe you left something outside and you open the door and it's pouring rain and it's not very nice, blowing cold and pouring rain, well, maybe you turn your collar up, you pull your hat down and you just tough it out. You harden yourself and you go out there and you get what it is that you forgot and you bring it back in the house. That's what the word endure means. To tough it through. Not everyone is going to do that. How is it we're going to receive the blessing of God? God will give the blessings, but he's got to clean out the, the channel. The conduit is dirty. And he'll do that through trials and suffering. You see, God makes no mistakes. And he knows exactly what he's doing when he allows problems and testings and trials and hardships into our lives. And God is doing it for the dads, not because God is angry with them or, or God is wanting to uh, uh, burden and curse them, but God is wanting to love them and bless them. But God can see the dirt. He can see the filth. Uh, mothers uh, often say, come on, time for a bath. I don't want a bath. I don't need a bath. Yes, you do. Have you looked behind your ears lately? You try that sometime. Boy, you should see yourself. You're dirty and, you know, the head goes down under the water. But mom, but, and then the scrub brush and so on. Because mom can see the dirt and she can see what the kid can't see. Here we are before God and God can see the dirt. And God says, before I bless you, we got to clean you up. And so blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Isn't that something? Boy, I want to be blessed of God. God says, okay, where's the scrub brush? Ah, wait a minute, God. That's going to hurt a little bit. Yeah, but you'll heal. Yeah, isn't there some other way? No, there's no other way. And you see, we're faced with a decision. Here in verse 12, the man could have just run away. He could have said, I'm not going through that. I quit. Too bad so many men quit. Isn't that a shame? Boy, it's quiet today. Yeah, I'll answer for you. Yes, pastor, it's quite a shame. You're right. It's quite a shame that so many men quit. Thank you very much. You see how easy that was? It's a shame that men quit. They ought not to quit, but they do. And they'll quit on all kinds of things too. Um, the, the trials here, these are outside temptations. And we need to uh, harden ourselves against them. There are inside temptations that need to be resisted. But these outside things that come and, and really grieve us. And um, we need to patiently stick it through to the end. Gentlemen, that's, I think, the key phrase there. Now, it may, it may be sickness that you're called upon to, to endure. It may be uh, the loss of a job. It may be some sort of financial disaster. It could be uh, threatening clouds in the distance. The loss through death of a loved one. It could be persecution by friends or family. Get that. Or by organizations. It could be pressure to act and behave like the world. Or maybe it feels like your whole world is coming apart. Look what it says in verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Now something else about the temptation is this. The temptation to run away. The temptation to quit. The temptation to end it all. The temptation to stop serving God. The temptation to stop 
stop tithing and stop giving to faith promise missions. Blessed is the man who endures these things, who hardens himself, steals himself like a man and works through it. I've ridden a horse a few times in my life, but I'm not a cowboy. I, I've read about people who raise horses, who work with horses and know horses, and they all tell you the same thing. When a horse breaks its leg, you got to put the poor creature down. you got to put it to sleep. you got to put it out of its misery. Ah, oh, but wait a minute. Why can't we just bind up that broken leg? Because the horse won't, won't allow it. The horse doesn't have any sense. You know, a dog, if a dog gets a, wound, a wounded limb, a paw, a back leg, if it breaks it, it's got the sense to at least keep it up. But a horse doesn't. No matter what you do, with a cast or a sling or something, that horse is just going to try and put its full weight on it like it normally would. It'll never heal. That's why they say that uh, you've got to put the poor thing down. In uh, Psalm 32, God says, Be not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding. Dad, listen to me. You may be going through a tough time in your life at work or at home or maybe it's your health or maybe it's your emotional makeup or something. It's given you a tough time. Grab hold of verse 12. Hold it for dear life. Harden yourself and work your way through it hand in hand with God. Let it be God's power through your determination. Harden yourself. Look at it again. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Now it goes on. For when he is tried, that means tested and approved, shown to be reliable and trustworthy. Dad, am I talking about you today? For when he is tried, and by the way, the word tried, the root word means to watch, to look at very carefully. Talent scouts go to the minor leagues and the uh, basketball games and baseball games at, at high schools and universities. Talent scouts are going and they're watching and they're looking for the good talent. You get hired onto a job and they tell you, your first six months you're on probation. And you know what that means. They're looking at you. They're watching. They're seeing if you come in on time, if, you, if you're leaving at time. They're seeing if you take proper lunch break. They're seeing if you're honest. Maybe they're testing you with a few little jobs in those six months. But it's the idea of they're watching you to see if you're going to be approved. For when he is tried, it says he shall receive the crown of life. Did you know that testing is going to come to all of God's men? All of God's men. Whether you're a father or not a father. Maybe you're a grandfather. I'm a grandfather. I still get tested. I think great-grandfathers get tested too in different ways maybe that us grandfathers don't. I don't know. You don't have to ask for the testing. You just have to tell God you want to live for Him. That's the okay. That's the green light. And God says, all right, son, we're going to work together. I'm going to clean you up. You endure it. I'll do the scrubbing. You do the enduring. 
And boy, then I can really start pouring some blessing in your life. But remember, it's not for you to keep and soak up like a sponge. Remember, you're to be a channel and let those blessings flow through you. And of course, flowing through you is going to involve your family. It's going to involve your church and God's work around the world. And so God tailor-makes a life for you. Now I believe from my life as a Christian and from studying passages like this, that the testing here uh, often has to do with a major testing. It's not so much minor little things. It's more of the major things. And there's, there's going to be more than one of them, I think. I think we see this in the life of Abraham as well. And so I think that it's going to be some sort of major thing. And why? Why does God do it? Why does he do all this? Many men, many of us men, uh, verbally or just mentally, we cry out to God for some way in which we can have greatness and mastery over life. To greater or lesser degree, we all seem to cry out to God for some sort of, of uh, authority or to be great in some way. That's, that's very common in men. Very common. And God not only will give it, but actually wants to give it. He wants to give it. But only to those who are approved. Only to those who have endured the temptation. The ones who are quitters, the ones who, who don't endure, God doesn't give them the big blessings. Now Abraham is a good example of this. Abraham was 75, but God still had to take the scrub brush to him. And it was many more years after that before he finally got his son. Does anyone know how old Abraham was when he got his first boy when Isaac came? 100. Remember how old Sarah was? 90. How about that? 90 years old. She's a mommy. Well, with God all things are possible. Now, the crown of life, the idea of a crown of life means a mastery of life. It doesn't mean you're going to be absolutely bulletproof, but it's going to make you some kind of um, a blessed man. And God wants to bless the dads. And he wants to give a, an authority of life, a mastery of life. God wants to be able to answer their prayers. God wants to be able to trust men with money. And that they don't just go and blow it, get rid of it, but that they do God's will with it. God wants to be able to bless men with good health. So that they live God's way, not their own. And these are just some of the blessings that God wants to load into the life of every father. And if you look through the scripture, you'd see that Abraham went through trials and testings and he was given the crown of life. You'll find that also uh, Isaac and Jacob likewise received trials and testings and got the crown. You'll find men like Joseph really went through the testings and was given the crown of life. Job, good old Job, great man, wealthy man, a godly man, but still God had to use the scrub brush on him. And when he was all done and finished, he came through like gold and God blessed him with twice as much as he had at the beginning. Now, many men just don't make it. They're failures. They quit and they run away. God doesn't put us through such testing without training first. So dad, don't think that you're going to walk out of here and a piano from heaven is going to fall on your head and you've got a big major problem to deal with. God will prepare you with training first. 
You'll go through the little problems. You'll overcome those. The bigger problems, you'll win those. And then you'll get to a few of the great big ones. And it's through these that God will give you the mastery of life, the crown of life. And I believe that God trains a man's patience and a man's character. He'll use little trials, daily devotions, daily routines. He'll test you and check you out on your church attendance and on things like tithing and on prayer and on service for the Lord. And so many dads aren't serving God near what they ought to be. All this builds a deep abiding love for God. Look at verse 12. It's the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that... What's those next two words? Say them. Love God. Love God. Do you love Him today? Do you love Him with all your heart today? Dad, I know you love your wife. I know you love your kids. You love your job. You love your car. You love the toaster. Do you really love God? Do you love God above the toaster? Do you love God above your car? Do you love God more than your career? Do you love God more than, and I say this carefully, your family, your wife and children? You can only properly love your wife and children if you love God more. On a scale of 1 to 10, where is the love of God in your life? I'm telling you, it all fits together so perfectly. As the hand goes in the glove and every finger finds its own little sleeve, So it is with a verse like this. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. That the the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And your love for him ought to be increasing more and more and more. Maybe it's been a long time, Dad, since you came forward on an invitation. An old-fashioned invitation. Maybe you ought to do that today. I want to encourage you as a dad to come and give yourself to the Lord today. Again, afresh. Ask God to do whatever He needs to do to start pouring His blessing into your life so that you can be everything God wants you to be. I want to encourage you to come and pray. Maybe mom will come and pray with you. Maybe the kids will come and pray too. In fact, this is good for every Christian here today. Come. Ask God to clean you. Take the scrub brush so that you are ready to receive His blessings. Let's stand to our feet now, shall we? We'll have a word of prayer together.